Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another podcast. Today, I have three subjects I'm going to talk about. The first one being ways to increase and cultivate emotional intelligence and how spirituality can be breeding complacency when it comes to uh, children being in not so great situations and also people of color black and brown people and their plight against supremacy and the last one the last point is how to stop the healing loop and what is wound power those are like intertwined so it's not two separate um subjects so i'll be talking about those so again emotional intelligence how spirituality is breeding complacency when it comes to Um, children who are enduring abuse and people of color black and brown poc uh, people enduring white supremacy and the third subject is how to stop the healing loop and wound power so i have some notes so please bear with me (laughs) as you might hear me flipping the pages i have some notes about um emotional intelligence so i mentioned emotional intelligence on my TikTok, I gave a brief uh, four question type deal, but on here I'm going to go into detail. So, ways to increase emotional intelligence. Now, I got this information from like a, a psychology student. Um, she posts on YouTube. Um, so, on here, the first question is What am I feeling right now in this moment? Okay, so that's the first question you would ask yourself. So what am I feeling right now? That is you being aware of your emotions. Like a lot of the stuff that I learned in my spiritual journey is basically like I learned emotional intelligence, I feel like in reverse, because spirituality taught me to be uh, more in tune with my emotions by looking inward and using my inward universe as a compass for what is happening within my body and how I'm perceiving the world around me. So the first question I ever asked myself, just to make sure that I'm on the right track, because I use spirituality to help regulate my uh, emotions and so I can have a clear mind and unburden myself with, you know, past traumas. So when we go with the first question for emotional intelligence is, What am I feeling right now? It allows you to be in the present moment. It grounds you, you know? And so um, the other little questions under here is what is my emotion trying to tell me? And how is this emotion felt? And there's some aids that you could uh, use, such as like an emotional chart. It's like a, a circle chart. Sometimes they color them in like rainbow colors and they have like, um, like four basic emotions in the center and as the circle grows outward it uh goes into multiple little categories and there's also a valence chart um that also aids in helping you name the emotion you are feeling uh down to a t and understanding like how intense it is and um so it's like naming the emotion and how intense you are feeling it So, uh, again, the three questions, uh, well, the one question with the two bonus questions is, what am I feeling right now? What is the emotion trying to tell me? How is the emotion felt? 
okay and then you can use the aids of the emotional chart and the valence chart you can just google those in helping you determine the intensity and what the emotion is specifically by name um the second question how am i experiencing this feeling how am i experiencing this feeling and this is in terms of in the body like where is it located where is it felt in your thoughts what are you thinking your emotional urges what do you want to do when you feel this feeling and also behavioral reactions so we're going to break it down so in the body you might feel tingly hot shaky your vision might get blurry or sharpen and your thoughts you might be saying i'm not good enough why does this always happen um you can also look at your core beliefs and intermediate beliefs and automatic thoughts um i'm sorry intermediate thoughts and automatic thoughts and with emotional urges you have anger right let's say you're angry you feel like you want to attack you have fear you feel like you want to hide you have joy you feel like doing an activity so this is where we break down um just a little more on emotional urges we break down so when you have an action with your emotion right so let's say you have joy joy is the emotion uh that would be the what am i feeling and then the urge to do something like doing an activity because you feel joy is what urges am i feeling right now so that is how you would um learn how you are experiencing this feeling again this is more observation from within so if you feel uh hurt betrayed do you want to isolate do you want to shut down and not talk certain things like that like you're naming the emotion and then the action that goes with it especially like you're learning your thoughts what do you think when you feel this emotion and where is it located in your body when you feel it um for me i had a lot of anger um in my hips um for whatever reason i would be angry but like i would walk stiffly so uh to counter that i would do hip opening yoga which was amazing and i did feel the relief of a lot of like stress and anger um yoga is very very healing it connects you with your body your mind heart and soul it's more than just stretching and breathing um it is a spiritual practice utilizing your body completely um and i'm not the most flexible and you don't have to be flexible and you don't have to be you know a certain body size either yoga is for all body types anyway on to the next question i was digressing uh the third question is why am i feeling this way right now um is it tr- is it triggers is it because of an, of an event or an accumulation of events like what preceded the feeling like what happened to cause you to feel this way um and that again is just you observing what you were doing your environment um do you feel highly stressed out and that's why you're feeling you know a slew of emotions things like that and the fourth and last question is how do i want to move forward how do i want to move forward so this involves a little bit of problem solving right um <clears throat> to resolve any like issues so um certain certain actions you could take uh on how to move forward from uh, identifying your emotion learning where the emotion is feeling in your body your thoughts in your urges like what do you want to do 
and then understanding where the emotion is coming from like what caused you to feel this way what event happened was it a past trigger was it an event or an accumulation of sorts now we're moving towards what action are you going to utilize now so this is different than you know the emotional urges this is you i because like in the second one when we were identifying emotional urges we were identifying them you weren't actually doing them right so in this one in the fourth one we're actually going to try to see if those emotional urges are appropriate so how do i want to move forward so you can remove yourself from the situation you can communicate how you're feeling right now you know your thoughts emotions your emotional urges you can compromise you can express your needs and when you have an emotional urge you can gauge if it is appropriate okay so this is how you can gauge if your emotional urge is appropriate so does it make sense to feel the way you're feeling does it make sense to feel the way you're feeling and is it effective to act on it is it effective to act on that emotional urge so those are the two questions to see if your emotional urge is appropriate for the situation again those questions are does it match does it make sense to feel the way you're feeling and is it effective to act this way so if you are angry at your mom your dad your sister brother co-worker is it appropriate to have the urge to want to attack them should you attack them absolutely not but what can you do instead of attacking because having that anger it's a natural urge of i want to attack them however you wouldn't want to act on that right that's where you would gauge is this appropriate yes it's okay to feel angry but no the action of wanting to attack that person that angers you is not appropriate so there's other ways right um and this would be called um modulated emotional expression which basically is um you reacting in the opposite way of of what you are feeling so you can accomplish your goal right so okay you feel angry this person made you angry what is the goal of you experiencing this emotion are you going to tell this person hey you've made me angry please don't do this or that again because anger happens when a boundary has been crossed you feel you have been wronged you feel like this person is not listening to you you're not being heard you're not being seen you're not being validated so instead of attacking the person because you feel as though you've been violated right instead of attacking them because again i feel like that's a crime at least in the in the usa you can express your anger to this person say hey i feel like this boundary has been crossed which has made me feel angry and i would like you not to cross this boundary again let's move forward with you doing something that is more conducive than you know crossing this particular boundary that i feel has been violated and that way you're expressing your emotion calmly collectively you're compromising you're communicating you're expressing your needs so this person can either listen and hear you out and adjust their behavior or reach a compromise and say, oh, I didn't mean to violate your boundary. I didn't even know. Um, please forgive me. Let's move forward. Moving on. And that is basically the four questions and helpful tips on how to 
increase your personal emotional intelligence. So when you are applying emotional intelligence to others, we do have similar um, questions here for that. So utilizing emotional intelligence for other people. There are several questions and some uh, tips. So I'm going to go over that again, all of it in my notes. The first question is, what might this person be feeling right now? What might this person be feeling right now? The second question is, why may they be feeling this way? Why may they be feeling this way? The third question is, how do I want to react to this? How do I want to react to this? How do I want to react to this? So when we are trying to figure out what the person is feeling, trying to understand why they are feeling it, where is this coming from? And then you are asking, how should I react to their emotions? Do that. Should I talk to them? Should I comfort them? Should I uh, reach a compromise? Should I ask them what they're feeling? Should I ask them what do they feel like doing? Uh, to express this feeling Um, and there's other empathy questions Um, I have I have like four of them Uh, it is what suffering what suffering have they experienced what suffering have they experienced how would I feel if I were in their shoes how would I feel if I were in their shoes what happened right before they felt that feeling What happened right before they felt that feeling? And what is their trauma, their history and events? What is their trauma, their history and events? So those are just some deeper questions to try to understand where a person may be feeling or coming from and understanding where that feeling may be coming from or stemming from as well. And then there's also some um, active goals active goals, sorry, active activities that you could utilize, which would be active listening, where you occasionally ask questions that are pertinent to what they are saying. You're very present in the conversation. You're not waiting to say something else. You are listening to what they're saying. And as they're speaking, if you have any questions, you could say, oh, sorry, I have a question that I would like to ask right away before you go on to the next thought. And I forget, what do you mean by this, this, and this? What do you mean by that, this, and the third, etc.? The second activity is just making sure, and this is like the goal, right? Making sure that they feel heard, seen, validated, understood. So those are one of the goals. Making sure that people feel heard, seen, felt, validated, and understood. That is what anybody wants. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants to feel heard, seen, and understood, right? And that's one of the main goals when it comes to understanding emotional intelligence, right? So the last activity I have here is uh, to cater to emotional needs and desires. Cater to emotional needs and desires. And an emotional need varies between person to person, right? Some people may need... Um, You know, acts of kindness, words of affirmation, uh, physical touch, cuddling, hand holding. Um, They just need to feel reassured. They need to feel secure. 
they need to feel protected right and that is um it for the emotional intelligence bits so um if you guys have any questions i don't really have a way for you guys to message me um i guess you can comment on tiktok or um youtube <laughs> but i i don't have anything on youtube that um relates to this it's mostly music stuff um and mantras so my apologies on that um so on to the next segment we're gonna be talking about how spirituality is breeding complacency when it comes to um children in bad situations or abused children and people of color and um black and brown communities facing racism white supremacy anti-black anti-poc so when it comes to spirituality spirituality i understand has a dark side like anything there is a duality right um when it comes to spirituality i discovered this guy on uh tiktok he has like a book out um i'm gonna have to look these people up <laughs> i'm put them in in the description of the references i'm getting this from um and he talked about i think it's like a poetry book uh, that he made I'm, i might be wrong but um he talked about the reasons why he does not like uh spirituality in terms of it breeding complacency so um, he talked about it from standpoint of when children grow up in the household with, you know, shitty parents, right? Shitty guardians. And spirituality basically teaches them to, you know, breathe their, their um, anger away. Yoga, yoga the, the anger away. Uh, manifest your way out of the situation. Instead of plainly speaking that hey what my parents or guardians are doing is not okay and I have a right to be angry I have a right to be you know whatever emotion I'm feeling instead of just using spirituality to make me complacent to make me docile and accept the situation that I cannot change this is not okay and I feel heartily agree I feel like spirituality should not really be applied to children because they have no autonomy. Spirituality, in my definition, is supposed to be utilized for people who are, first of all, of age, who are able to move and shake in the world. They can make their own decisions. They have autonomy, but they don't believe that they do. When it comes to children and spirituality, it's very difficult for them to utilize these methods because it will only make them more complacent. I feel like children shouldn't be getting into spirituality unless they have a parent who is not, you know, abusive in any way, shape, or form. They have a fully engaged parent that knows and understands that this is a little person, that this person is essentially going to grow up to be a fully functional adult, and it is their place to make sure that they are protected and not used in abuse, especially by them the parent or the guardian so when it comes to spirituality i feel like it's very easy to uh, misuse because it is available to anyone and everyone spirituality is individualistic 
It is you and God together. There is no you, God, and community. It's simply you and God, you and yourself. Spirituality is simply about you solely. So it's very difficult if you have a parent that isn't spiritual, that is not conscious or aware of their own uh, wounding, raising a child in their wound, and therefore emotionally, mentally, physically abusing that child or misusing that child. And that child desperately, desperately trying to understand their parent, understand where their parent is coming from, and using spirituality so they can understand themselves and their parent, and then just being completely confused as to why they can't manifest the things they want, or why them breathing and, and you know, moving their body and doing all of these things just to try to endure their childhood with their parents. And I feel like that's not using spirituality in the correct way. Because spirituality is supposed to be empowering. It's supposed to give you your power back, help you realize that you are powerful, that you do control things. But if a child is trying to utilize spirituality, especially if they are in a crappy situation with their parent or guardian, it is essentially useless. Because, sadly, in essence, those children do not have autonomy. Those children do do not have the power to make their own choices. They don't have the financial power. They're not fully mentally evolved or developed. So they cannot make the correct decisions. They cannot make the moves to leave their parents or guardians because they just simply do not have those rights. So trying, so a young person, a minor trying to use spirituality to understand their parents themselves and try to manifest their way out of that crappy situation, I feel like is very dangerous because they might get fed up. They might get tired and sick of you know, trying this and trying this and nothing happening, nothing happening. So I understand why there might be some frustration when, you know, people are looking at the spiritual community, especially young people looking at the spiritual community, um, side-eyeing it like, well, I try to love and light my parents and it did not work. This is bullshit, you know? And it's disheartening because I feel like spirituality is for everyone. And I believe that children naturally, especially if they are in a good environment, in a good and healthy environment, that children are naturally spiritual. We don't have to do anything for them to be spiritual. They are naturally in a dreamlike state. But it's, it's challenging, especially if they're in an unsafe environment and their parents don't care or can't care or what is whatever is going on with the parent they're just unsafe they're an unsafe adult and they can't be in that dreamy wonderful spiritual state that they are naturally gifted with as soon as they are born it is snuffed out because they're in an unsafe environment and they have an unsafe parent parent or guardian unsafe parent or guardian 
So I understand how spirituality can be utilized in that challenging, challenging circumstance, especially now when I'm struggling too with my own thing with spirituality when it comes to moving beyond my own physical vessel, right? I am a black woman. And when it comes to spirituality and my mindset and freeing my mind with spirituality, I'm going back and forth between I am more than my body. I am more than my race. I am more than my gender. Because before I accumulated these ideas of myself, what was I before I had a name, before I had a body, before I had a soul? I was nothing. I was a, I was energy. I was potential energy waiting in form, waiting to become in form, right? But it's very difficult to think of myself in that way, especially when I have to also be grounded that I'm a black woman. The children I have will be black men and black women, right? And they're going to move and shake in the world and people are going to look at them as black men and black women. And I have to be conscious and aware of that. Like I know that I am more than this vessel, but I cannot truly divorce myself from the black experience because that is a part of my history. That is a part of my spirituality. The whole reason why I am the way I am is because of the spirituality of my forefathers who are black, who are African-American, right? So when it comes to using spirituality in this way, I understand that there is a duality and we are merging into oneness. The goal of all humanity is to become in oneness, right? Um, And in true balance and harmony, noticing that there is no difference between us. And when it comes to complacency with black and brown people of color, I feel like there are people weaponizing spirituality to force us to be complacent. Um, I remember a article talking about the dangers of meditation in the inner city, in the inner cities where there's predominantly uh, black and brown people. And I believe it was a white man that brought it, that made the article. I don't know who, and it was like some months ago, and I didn't save it because in my mind, I thought it was a bit ridiculous. But when I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, oh, he might be onto something. Um, He went on to talk about how um, that people who are in really shitty situations in the city, black and brown people, that they should be angry that their cities, you know, don't give a shit about them. And utilizing meditation in schools is just teaching them to be happy with the shitty circumstances that they are in instead of trying to take action. And I think a lot of people, and I think, well, I have so much to say about this. When I really sat down and thought about it, I thought to some degree he might be correct. But I also believe that meditation couldn't really be used as a weapon because it is you observing yourself inwardly. You would know that, okay, the government might be out to get us. Uh, Our city doesn't care about black people. But when you look within, I feel like there might be a more positive outcome. Maybe, you know, the local gangs might start meditating and they realize that they're more powerful when they band together. 
you know they're more powerful when they stop killing one another and they see the beauty in the preciousness of all life like I feel like meditation could really help but not in making them happy and compliant with the way things are but rather they're changing from the inside out and when they see that there is no difference between them from the inside they can start making some conscious choices and decisions on the outside I don't believe that spirituality is inherently evil or bad I do see how people could use spirituality for their own personal gain for whatever agenda they may have in their mind but I don't think that it's going to really affect people in the way that they think you can't really force spirituality in a way that a person cannot look within themselves and find something particularly wonderful I feel like that would be that would that would be more towards like a cult type of thing but when it's spirituality if you're forcing a person to meditate which I don't think you can force anyone to do anything but when it comes to the option of meditation and they choose it like and they feel and they coming and they're coming out of it feeling calm like meditation is only going to lead you to your inward truth so even if a person is trying to force you to you know accept their shitty conditions that they've given you or circumstances that they've uh, offered you I feel like it's only going to backfire in the long run it may look like that they are forcing them to be happy and compliant but it could also start something beautiful I feel like meditation should be available for everyone yoga should be available for everyone whether they're in the city or not and I feel like it's such it's such a large scale there's so many different factors happening and going on that we can't know everything this is just me this is just me imagining the good things right um and i've had some firsthand experience with um tutoring and stuff and allowing uh, my students you know quiet time and they love it they love that quiet time and class goes smoothly when they've had that quiet time versus when they don't have it i don't really see there being a big conspiracy that spirituality is forcing people to make the best of things and to be happy about it i feel like spirituality is allowing people to grow and learn from within to understand where their emotions are coming from why their emotions are the way they are and how to properly react and take the steps to express their emotions in a healthy way instead of doing whatever it is they've been doing that is not very community community oh my god i can't say it that isn't very communicative of them it lacks the expression for people to understand where they're where they're coming from with their emotions why they're feeling the things they're feeling what they're feeling so when it comes to spirituality breeding complacency i understand the dangers of it especially on individual level when it is a child in a crappy situation with an unsafe adult or guardian 
or parent, right? But on a larger scale, when we're looking at, you know, race relations um, in the use of certain spiritual practices, I feel like it can also be very liberating, very freeing, and a wonderful tool to help breed emotional intelligence. I feel like when you are emotionally intelligent, you are allowing yourself to feel any emotion you're feeling without judgment and you're understanding, well, I'm angry because of this. It's not going to make you compliant. It's going to make you understand, well, I'm angry and these are the reasons why. I am justified in my anger. I am allowed to feel this way because the way things are, are unfair. The way things are, are unjustified. You are not making sense. You are crossing a boundary, right? So I feel like once we gain that emotional intelligence, once we look within, we observe our emotions, you know, with no judgment, we accept ourselves unconditionally, we will be more powerful in understanding in what we want, what our desires are, and how we are going to go about getting those needs met on a larger scale because when we're looking at you know versus you know the children in bad situations i wouldn't i would not utilize spirituality in that way because again that child it doesn't have a a solid foundation there's a difference between you know the complacency of spirituality breeding when it comes to the child in a bad situation versus an entire group of people who's been targeted throughout history you know we they would have like a more solid foundation because they know what their needs are and it is a group in a community of people whereas that child or children in a situation where they're in an unsafe environment with an unsafe parent adult guardian they have no one in their corner they would first need to find solid ground they would first need to find a safe space a safe adult to advocate for them and then later on when they get older they can get into spirituality maybe if they find like a guardian who is safe who is spiritual they then can practice spirituality with them so that is my take on spirituality, breeding complacency. And the last point I'm going to make in here, the last subject, is how to stop the healing loop and wound power. So I'm reading this book. I'm on the last chapter. I started last year in August of 2021. And like a lot has happened, you know, had a major death in the family, a matriarch a pillar of my family passed away so I didn't really feel much like reading but this book has been very very helpful I saw it on someone's TikTok and immediately knew not TikTok I'm sorry I saw it on Instagram reels and I was like oh my god I have got to get this book it's called the anatomy of spirit the seven stages of power and healing by Carolyn Miz now when I got to like the heart section that was really powerful 
But when I got to the, was it the heart section? I think it was. I think it was still the heart section of this book. So she goes through all the seven chakras, right? Explains it in great detail, gives examples of her work. And it's amazing and I love it. Um, but I think it was, yeah, the fourth chakra, the heart chakra. That's where I really got into like the meat of it for me. Um, and it was very influential for me. I, I already knew I had like a, a heart blockage, a heart chakra blockage. So, and I was working on that. <laughs> so um, this is called the path to the empowered heart. This is the section that I'm in. Page 214. And um, so I'm going to talk about wound power. So in the book, she explains how she was introducing one of her clients. Um, I think Carolyn Miss, she identifies as like an energy healer worker. She can identify illness in the body simply by doing like an energy body read scan. And she can um, like see visions or pictures and feel sensations, right? So she has some clients that she does energy work with. And she was meeting up with like three of them, two of them being men that she already um, was sitting down with at a table. And one of her um, one of her women colleagues came up and introduced herself and immediately went into, you know, my name is Sari Sue and I am a rape victim of incest. I'm a survivor of it. And, you know... She just goes on to a whole spiel and, you know, she just makes the room really uncomfortable. And later on, after the dinner, um, Carolyn was like, hey, why did you introduce yourself that way? And she was like, I'm not ashamed of my of my past and I'm not going to allow, allow any of my friends to shame me either. And, you know, that kind of sort of broke the friendship. She was like, OK, well, I, I really don't think that that was like necessary for you to to say especially if you're just meeting someone for the first time um that's a lot to to dump on a person and you know she just took it as you're not really accepting me for who i am i'm out of here so she explains what wound power is so wound power that's w-o-u-n-d power that essentially is when you take on the identity of your wounding and you attach to it and you become that like it's like that is a part of you that's who you are right so in our last episode i talked about the conception of self perception of self and how the perception what other people see you as is not the same as how you see yourself and how you see yourself is not how others see you and how you see yourself shouldn't matter to you because your own opinion of yourself changes moment to moment so you may feel really high and mighty you might feel really low and out but you should not attach yourself to any one identity when you're feeling that in any given moment right you were you before you felt good before you felt bad about yourself so that's just something to keep in mind and also you should never attach yourself to one identity because of your identity fluctuating between high and low you shouldn't even trust that perception because, again, the opinion of yourself changes moment to moment. The only thing you could ever trust is whatever you're feeling right then and there about yourself right now. So, with that being said, 
when you have a wounding i mean we all have wounds your your hurt your past is not special everyone has felt bad everyone has been victimized left left out um abandoned unheard unseen unloved everyone has felt that everyone has felt it right and when you attach yourself to a certain identity where it's like you know what this is my wounding and i'm proud of it i'm not going to be ashamed of it that's great but you don't want to attach yourself to it to the point where you are like this is who i am i am this right so we're going into how to break that how to break the loop of healing consistently so she goes on to say that the reason why she you know feels loud and proud about it is because you know she was in a rape and incest survivor group um which was very therapeutic for her she loved feeling seen and heard and that and again again that's great and beautiful however she identified as that and she kept at it like this is who i am and i don't want to be around people that are not going to accept me for my ugliness for my wound right and that's where you can get caught up in healing all the time because even though it'd been like several years since um she first found the group and started to heal she was still going to the group so many years after that you know she became addicted to being around people who experienced the same thing she experienced because she felt really really seen really really heard and she never wanted to leave that little comfort zone right so this is these are some ways to break the healing loop because when you're in wound power you are in a perpetual state of always needing healing you are in a perpetual state of never truly developing into your power and that's not the point right you're not supposed to just sit there and continuously pick at the wound you're supposed to allow it to heal so you can be empowered so you can be freed from the burden of your past from your wounds so <clears throat> i just want to i just want to also add <laughs> cuz i don't think i've i've really said it on here enough let me see here give me a moment i'm looking at my notes my other other notes i have so much of healing let me see purpose of all right so the purpose of healing right i just want you guys to know that healed or unhealed whether you are conscious or unconscious, awakened or unawakened, you are worthy, you are deserving, you are whole, you are complete and unconditionally loved by the divine just as you are in this moment. The fact that you are right here right now, living and breathing, you are deserving of love unconditionally. The only thing the divine asks of us is to be our authentic selves right and the purpose of healing right why would we heal if we're already perfect whole and complete as we are 
Why would I want to heal if I'm already unconditionally loved by the divine? The first reason? So you can process past experiences that keep your energy low. So you can process past experiences that keep your energy low. The second is to integrate all parts of yourself, which cultivates self-love and acceptance. To integrate all parts of yourself to cultivate self-love and acceptance. And the last one, the third, to shed dense energies that keep you stuck in life. To shed dense energies that keep you stuck in life. So when we have a power wound or wound power, we are associating ourselves with that wound. That is a dense energy that's keeping us stuck. So this is why I entitled it, How to Heal, the he- How to Heal from the Healing Loop. You are in a constant state of needing or wanting healing. So she goes on to list about six steps and I wanna go over them. The first step to breaking the healing loop and empowering your heart is to commit yourself to healing. Commit yourself to healing. Turn inwards into your wound. Commit yourself to healing. The second step is is to identify your wounds. Have you been associating with wound power? Have you identified with your wounding so much so that now you cannot separate yourself from it? A way to break that is to have someone else witness. To have someone else witness your wound, someone that is trusted and capable, who has the emotional capacity to do so, such as a therapist or a friend. Have them witness your development and your influence. Have them help you identify your wounding and if you've been too complacent and stuck in your wounding. The third step is to verbalize your wounds. Observe how they influence you and how you use your wounding to control others. Observe the way you speak to yourself. And this is a little bit of part of emotional intelligence as well. Observe your thoughts throughout the day. Observe your patterns. Adopt new ones. This is all your observation. Observe your wounding. Now, if you find it very, very difficult to separate yourself from your wounding, it's very difficult for you to break it, you may need therapeutic help. You may need outside sources to help you break it to help you witness it to help you get out of it and there is no shame in getting help there is no shame in asking for help with this the fourth step the fourth step is identifying the good that can come that has come from your wounds Identify the good that has come from your wounds. Identify the good that has come from your wounds. And then start to live in the consciousness 
of appreciation and gratitude. When you are thankful for your wounding, this isn't you wanting more wounding. This is you simply saying, you know what? I would not have known who I was without this happening. My, my greatest weakest point was actually my greatest strongest point. The things that I went through have made me stronger. And this isn't you trying to breed complacency. This is you simply understanding that this thing happened. And understanding your role in it, your part in it. Understanding what you could and have learned from it. And with that, you would also initiate a spiritual practice. And the spiritual practice, again, you should commit to. And by committing, this is a discipline. Do it every day, every week, at the same time. Allow gratitude and appreciation every day, first thing in the morning, last thing at night. And this is going to ease your your ego, ease your mind away from the wounding. Because when you're wounded, you feel as though a wrong has happened, which of course it did. But to release yourself and to break that healing loop, being thankful and appreciative and using that spiritual practice to help move that energy out of your body to transmute it, to alchemize it, to alchemize those emotions and energy in your body from that wounding. It is healing. It helps you release. And the fifth, the fifth step is to forgive. And I love this section because it really um, reframed forgiveness for me because forgiveness for me was like giving up or, um, you know, being complacent, being compliant in, in my wounding. But forgiveness, according to the book, according to Carolyn Miss, forgiveness is a complex act, complex act of consciousness, one that liberates the psyche and the soul from the need for personal vengeance and the perception of oneself as a victim. This is more than a releasing of blame from the person who caused your wounds. Forgiveness means releasing the control that the perception of victimhood has over your psyche. The liberation that forgiveness generates comes in the transition to a higher state of consciousness, energetically and biologically. Biologically. So forgiveness is deeply deeply transformative it allows you to let go and release the burdens you have accumulated it frees you from that mental prison and she goes on to say that you shouldn't need to contact anyone to discuss you know forgiveness Um, and if you do feel like you have to contact them to say that you forgive them Make sure that you go into that conversation without the agenda of blame. You go simply for the fact of, I want to release myself from this and I want to release you from this in my own mind and heart. 
so I can gain some closure for myself. And also another way to gain closure, she also listened here, is to make it a ceremony with the intention of releasing yourself from the past and other negative influences from your wound. And make it official. It could be you burning a letter at a bonfire, doing, you know, a praise dance, you know, really make it special so that way it feels real. And the last step, the step that I love as well, the last step, step number six is to think love. This is you living in appreciation and in gratitude and understanding that all we have is the present moment and there is only love and love is divine power and love is transformative. So when we have our heartbreaks and we have our wounding, suffering is unavoidable. Suffering is unavoidable. But she leaves us with a wonderful question is that suffering is avoidable, but it is all about what will you do with the pain? And will you use it as an excuse to give fear more authority over your life? Or are you going to release the authority of the physical world it has over your physical world through the act of forgiveness? So again, those questions are, what will you do with the pain? And how will you use it? Will you use it to give authority over yourself or release that authority it has over your physical world through the act of forgiveness? And that concludes it. That is all I have for you. Thank you for enduring this with me. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Rest of your week, rest of your month. I hope to hear from you guys. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you guys feel empowered, liberated, inspired, curious. I hope your mind is thinking and reeling with all good things. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope you guys have a great one and good luck out there.